So I need Bojo, Ogimako, Evanas, and Vishnakas, Munjikaning Donjiba, Magazine, Dodem. So my name is Chief Ladybird. Um, that's also my spirit name. I come from Rama First Nation and I sit in the Eagle Clan. I'm currently based in Toronto. I moved here when I was about 18 years old to study at Okad University. I took uh, drawing and painting with a minor in Indigenous visual culture. Um, and then when I graduated, I sort of just jumped into being a full-time artist, uh, taking on um, roles within OCAD here and there on contract basis until about April of this year. And now I'm getting back into being full-time again, which really feeds my soul. So this is what I have to be doing. Um, but I've been practicing art my entire life. I think since I was about two years old, I've been creating um, and then started exhibiting when I was about 14 um, with the help of some older people in the community who wanted to um, sort of show me the ropes a little bit. And yeah, now I make street art. I do murals, uh, youth facilitations, digital illustrations, various types of painting, basically anything I can get my hands on to get the vision across. Um, and of course, I work with my lovely sister, um, Aura, who... Uh, I do almost everything with, which is really exciting and fun. And that collaboration feeds my soul as well, you know? Mm. Over to you, pal. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so, Segoli, Monique, Niyun Getz, Onyo Taaga, Niwaga Honshonawal, Niwagita Lora. So, my name is Monique. I go by Aura. Uh, it's my middle name. Um, and I come from Oneida Nation of the Thames, and I sit in Turtle Clan. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm an artist. Um, I've been creating art since I was really young. Um, and I am passionate about artist healing. So using art as a form to, um, explore stories and truths and also to kind of aid our healing process. So, um, I think that art can often say a lot that, um, you know, words can't. So I'm really passionate about, um, doing that with youth and young women and and uh, and more often than not I'm facilitating with um, with chief ladybird so um, we kind of create that space together um, with the people that we're working with um, murals um, illustrations like exactly what my sister said like we do the very similar stuff um, and I also uh, do beadwork as well so beadwork is one of my um, it's something that's lacking right now in my life. I haven't had time to do it, but um, I absolutely love beadwork. So, yeah. And she's good at it. I'm wearing her work right now. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's the little beautiful. blue one. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, what, so what does collaboration mean to, to you both? What does collaboration look like for you? How do, how do you approach working together as artists? I think from my perspective personally, um, collaboration in terms of what we do has to do with the diversity within Indigenous nations here on Turtle Island and um, being able to see 
different sides of teachings and creation stories and um, communities and where we come from um, in terms of uh, just the differences between us being Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee, being um, having grown up on reserve, having grown up off reserve, and then both sort of ending up in an urban center and um, discussing the, the different ways that our people experience life and um, sort of communicate with each other. And I think that that sort of brings together a really beautiful vision for the youth to um, maybe feel more accepted and, and to create the circle of, of people to learn from each other, right? And, um, you know, being able to collaborate with uh, another Indigenous woman, um, you know, it's been really wonderful to find that sisterhood and, and for us, collaboration and sisterhood sort of go hand in hand and being creative and, and having that love for each other and having that love for what we do, I think, really shines through. Mm. What do you think? Well said. <laughs> uh, so, um, yeah, I agree. Everything that my sister said, I often, um, I love hearing what she has to say. Cause it's like, yeah, yeah, that, yeah, totally. And I agree with everything that she says. So that's really good. Um, collaboration is really important, uh, to me personally, because, um, uh, the things that, you know, that we do and the things that I do wouldn't be possible without others. Um, Especially, I do a portrait series, for example. That's also part of a collaboration. But the collaboration to me with um, with my sister here means um, so much, right? It's it's about um, having space for both of our voices to be heard. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, when we're creating together, we often don't even need to talk. We just kind of create and know um, kind of like what the next person's move is or... Um, we don't have to really discuss it. It just happens naturally. So I think that that's really beautiful. Um, so we're really grateful and we're really um, blessed to have that in our collaboration, but that's not always the case. Sometimes with collaboration, you do have to talk, you know, you have to say, Hey, you know, what's your plan? So I think that we've really locked out and focus all our energy onto the communication kind of happens on a deeper level for us. Um, and collaboration is about consultation too. Like my sister and I will sit down when we work with people um, to create a big mural and it's going to be installed in their space. We want them to truly inform what kind of goes up onto that mural and, and how, um, how their voices are also heard. So I think when it comes down to it, um, collaboration is all about um, every single person involved feeling like, um, like their visions and their voices are represented within that. So mm-hmm. I think one of the important things that we've kind of um, figured out through our collaboration is how to hold safe spaces, um, not only for each other, but for like vulnerable youth and women in the community and um, anyone who becomes involved with the work that we do. It's about holding that safe space. And um, it's awesome being able to go to work and feel safe and to feel seen. So, I mean, that's, one thing is to see each other and hear each other and it's um it really it feeds the spirit in a good way no doubt there's ghosts out but we have more power than we know about we can modify our time and throw it out things are going south <laughs> <laughs> young indigenous men growing it out for the ones who are showing the doubts the ones who are my friend of the way to the words when they open their mouths with you wait and go doing that go work when your neighborhood's hurt and men and women don't know they worth to understand mother earth we can take that pain and put it in the dirt put it in the water to put it in the meme and what what power do you feel like mural work does let's let's talk a little bit about um your 
your work engaging with unseated voices and how how the power of large-scale work um, presented by indigenous people, indigenous women, queer queer people of color, um, how how is it to take up that space? What What's the importance of that work? So um, I think um, the first thing I think about is um, when I first started creating, myself personally, I always created really small. And that was um, my way of like being intimate and creating and, and my way of sharing. And, and uh, I was, when I first started mural work, I was really intimidated by it um, because it's so much space to take up and it's so much space to hold and, um, and a lot of space to share your voice. And um, for me, I, I was like, oh my gosh, this is really vulnerable. This is like, you know, a big space to fill. And how, how do I, what do I represent in this space that is so public, right? And um, so exploring that has been a really interesting journey for me. And now I like love painting big and I love working big because it's like there's so much to share and so much to say. And and I think that the wall, like a public wall, is the perfect place to say what we need to say as Indigenous women. And, um, you know, I think what's also important about that is um, – you know, being able to walk down the street and seeing, you know, a reflection of yourself, perhaps, or maybe a reflection of somebody, you know, or somebody that's important to you. So it's like, um, I feel like um, that space is important to take up because it shows so much of like, we're not in the past, we're not, you know, something of like, you know, this like, um, romanticized image of what we are. It's, you know, we're here and we're like very much here to stay and it is vulnerable, but um, I think that that's part of the power too. So mm -hmm. it's this and I think um, we both feel and I think a lot of us feel that we're very obscured on our own traditional territories. Um, and I think about how unsafe even walking on the street can be for a lot of us, for a lot of our youth and our women and our men too and and you know, it's not fair in a lot of ways. And that's the impact that continued colonization has had on our people that it's like, you know, we're on our own land, we're on Turtle Island, we've always been here, but now it's, it's dangerous. And um, how do we interact with that? And how do we keep it safe? And how do we um, sort of reclaim our power, so to speak, you're wearing a reclaim your power shirt right now, sis. <laughs> um, to reclaim our power on our own <laughs> lands, right? And um, it's about representation because I know if I'm if I'm walking down the street and I don't see any traces of who we are as a people, um, it's it feels sad and it feels lonely and it feels um, like we're floating around in space or something. <laughs> and it's to represent ourselves, to have that voice, to show other Indigenous people here in these urban spaces that they're seen and. Uh, I think my sister wrapped it up extremely well with what she said. Mm. And so um, do you like to be called Chief Ladybird or Nancy for this interview? <laughs> what would you prefer? Uh, Chief, I prefer Chief Ladybird. Um, Nancy is my colonial name. Uh, so a lot of people do call me that. And I, if I get called Nancy, I'm not like, how dare you? Don't call me that. <laughs> that's my name that I was given at birth, right, from my mom. And I was named after my grandmother. And um 
but my spirit name, Chief Ladybird, resonates more with who I am and what I'm doing. And art is my life, and I live and breathe it. And um, I don't know when I look at the work that I do, it just it looks like Chief Ladybird did it, and not Nancy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> All right, sweet. So, Chief Ladybird, you have um, talked about beadwork glyphs. I've I've heard that term that you've used, and so how does that tie into this narrative of embedding embedding a, a story of your of your people of your of your ties and ancestry into urban space? What what does that term mean? Mm-hmm. So when I'm creating these pieces um, with the beadwork glyphs, I'm I'm often doing portraits and I'm often um, creating these pieces that allow you to sort of look at our our diverse women and and what it means to empower ourselves. And um, when I add these beadwork glyphs, they're usually sort of floating through the sky or um, interacting with the space in some way. And, you know, I just started doing them automatically and it was just something that started to come out and when I really looked at it and I don't like the word analyze but when I sort of (laughs) delved into what it could possibly mean right it it struck me as um well they they remind me of wampum belts and they're like treaties and they're like pieces of language like syllabics or like the rock paintings of petroglyphs and um you know to me this is a way to sort of assist in the reclaiming of our language in a way where I'm turning the tables on people. So I have a lot of settlers and non-native people um, ask about it. And they're like, oh, what does this one mean? What does this one mean? What does this whole piece say? It obviously says something. And I'm like, oh, it doesn't say anything. They don't not, They don't have any meaning. And it's the frustration <laughs> that occurs in people's faces and their demeanors when they hear that. They're like, but it must mean something. <laughs> no, it doesn't. And you know, it's that frustration that we feel when we look at our languages and we don't know what it means when we're we're hearing our elders speak and, and we don't know what they're talking about. And it's, you know, that umbilical cord and that, that connection has been severed through so much. And um, I just, I just want to have these little moments where people feel as frustrated as we do. And even then, the frustration doesn't compare. But it's like, yeah. hey, do you see what we're talking about now? <laughs> this is what we've been saying, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and um, Aura, do you have any similar kind of um, tricksterisms that you do with your work? Or are you, what, what's the story that you're telling? Um, so um, I, I do a portrait series called Aguileani Gatale, which means my heart portraits. Um, and these, um, so they're all like gel transferred, um, um, photos. Um, and then some of the pieces are missing, um, because that's like the natural process of doing photo transfers. Um, and then what I do is I paint around it and I add, uh, florals, which are, um, inspired by Haudenosaunee beadwork. Um, and the florals will often come from different parts of um, the body, whether it's the hands or the mouth or the heart or, um, things like that to kind of share different messages. And, um, I guess it's all up to whoever, um, you know, whoever's viewing the piece, what it means, but, um, oftentimes like when it's coming out of the mouth, it means voice and, and speaking truths and, um, you know, storytelling and speaking from the heart and stuff like that. So, 
Um, but in terms of uh, like trickery and stuff, I, I don't know if that's what you want. <laughs> um, nothing really, I think, um, that comes to mind right now. But I think uh, one, I will share one thing that we did, uh, which was really uh, kind of fun, is that we were doing a um, small mural project with some youth. And uh, the, the project lead had said we couldn't cover up this one space and um, because they were putting their logo there and it was connected to Canada 150 and they were like uh, yeah this space is reserved do not put here like it was just really very like cut and dry and really intense (laughs) yeah like K language and um, (laughs) and then the other part of it was they said we weren't allowed to use gel transfers because it was a different material than acrylic paint but it's not it's the same thing so <laughs> yeah so there was all these like stipulations and we're like we're gonna do what we want because that's what we feel like we need to do and the youth um really spoke to that and stepped up and we're like why don't we just do gel transfers anyway and then even you chief ladybird were like let's do gel transfers anyway so we did um and then we actually transferred um images of uh residential school kids um underneath the label so you can see them kind of like above and then they were also below and then they had to slap that big old label and sticker on top of the kids so it was really interesting because um they had to cover that up right and it's the idea um you know they're still you know it's still being covered up and there's still truths that are need to be uh, unearthed and and that was our kind of like way of sneaky way of being like this is still our story because they wanted it to be like bright and happy and we're celebrating Canada's birthday and this is great and ha ha. <laughs> and we're like, no, like our oh. truth is totally different. And um, so I really kind of uh, did an awesome job at like exploring that in a way that, you know, was still their truth. And yeah, so it was really interesting. So we, you know, we're critically thinking about these things all the time about, you know, how can we send a message, you know, and how can we also share, you know, our frustrations and, um, you know, all this stuff, right, in the way that feels good for us. And, yeah, so I think that that, was, that kind of reminds me a little bit of the beaded glyphs, mm. which I absolutely love. I talk about them, Chief Ladyward. I'm just like so freaking, yeah, like spot on, nailed it. Brilliant, brilliant, sister, brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I just want to say too, in terms of the the piece that Monique or that Aura was just talking about, um, it's at Chester Station here in Toronto. There are two panels. If anyone wants to go see them, um, I'm sure people have seen them and have probably sort of wondered. But it's hard when they're in subway stations because you're flying by on a train, and the only <laughs> reason that we knew they were there because we weren't told what location they were being installed in is we just happened to like look out the window of the train when we were at Chester and I was looking at a totally different poster from um like it was a poster about Banff and the center up there and there was like a shell yelling at someone or something I'm like man look at that poster and then we we turned our heads like slightly to the right and we're like oh my god that looks so familiar (laughs) so (laughs) like we had no idea so just to put the word out there, if anyone wants yeah. to go see them, the youth are always creating the most amazing things. I can't even speak. I'm just, like, so proud of all of them. Mm. And both of you have um, 
have a really strong focus in youth-led work and working with youth. And what what is the importance of the space that the next generation holds for us? Um, and how is how is leading them through art important to both of you? The way I see it is like, sorry. That's okay. Did you want to say something? No, it's I okay. See you, you, like, you go ahead. <laughs> no, you go. <laughs> no, it looks like it was so good. You were so excited to say it. So. There's time for all of you. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> I don't know what it is now. <laughs> <laughs> Skype. Sorry. <laughs> Are you sure? Yeah. Okay, I'll go. If I can remember what I was going to say. <laughs> I know. I'm like, what question did I ask? <laughs> youth. Uh, art and youth. You, okay. Here we go. Youth are, uh, they're the future. And I think we all see it that way. <laughs> they're our future, right? And that's what the biggest thing um, and investing in them. Like I want to, um, be there alongside them. And, um, you know, literally since we've been working with youth, they give me so much hope for the future because, um, they're amazing. Like the things that they think, the things that they're, they're exploring, um, the things and they, they hope that that encompasses them leading the future. So they're not given enough credit or they're not given not believed in enough or you know then they're not afraid to you know jump in and try and they're not you know um like um you know doing these projects and artist healing projects and things like that I think that that's where um you know those spaces become really important because um um I was once in that spot and I felt empowered when I had that space to do so. And I felt like I could do anything. Like I felt like I could, um, being in those groups and those spaces, that's what kind of encouraged me to keep going in the arts and to, um, to, you know, jump forward. Um, we're just here to give them the tools, uplift them, hold that space, provide the space, help them explore materials and explore concepts and just give them all the support that they need so that they can flourish and so that they can thrive and bring us all forward in a good way. Because if we don't foster that, we're doomed. <laughs> mm. And, you know, we, we have to be uh, good ancestors in that way by helping these youth. If we were to just do what the rest of society does, I don't think uh, we'd have a fighting chance, you know, and, I'm just, I always just feel so proud and I feel so much joy. And I think that's why it took us a little bit to get through the question because we're, we're laughing and we're thinking about these youth that we know and the experience that we have with them. And it's always laughter and it's always fun. And even though we're talking about serious things, I think humor plays a big part in how we get through them. Um, and so we're funny as a defense mechanism, but then it's like awesome that we're also funny. Right. So we're, it's a form of survivance and, um, these youth, I think contribute to the greater aspect of what it means for us to all survive and to thrive as indigenous people. And, um, I'm just like really glad that we can be there alongside them again, as I said, to move them forward and to never 
to never say, oh, this youth got there because we did this for them. That's never what it's about. And yeah, it's just where we're at. And it's good. They got there because of their hard work. Mm. Yep. And like acknowledging that, like whenever we, we did talk about the fact that we're working, we always say working alongside or working with or working like that's like the language that we use is really important. And um, I think, yeah, the reason why the youth are like doing so well, like we're working with one youth right now where she's doing like a million things at once right now. And, um, you know, seeing how far she's come, that's her drive, right? That's her determination, her motivation. And like, that's where it's at. Right. And just seeing that is so inspiring. And, like So mm-hmm. cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everything's red. Everything's red. All red, everything. Everything's red. Everything's red. 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 Dead. Red. Dead. Red. First off, I send love to Lupe for giving us hope in this Lakota Sue. All red, everything, red nation rising. Revising our story, they're televising. Child of the planes, I see 2020. Poverty porn, TV pimpers for money. Tell Diane Sawyer, I am a warrior. Give me your camera, send pal to your lawyer. Free all my people, get them out of prison. Take them to Sunday and show them how we're living. Give youth an outlet, disadvantage prodigies. Feed these Republicans all our commodities. Put them on the res. Let's talk a little bit about unseated voices. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Now tie it all together. (laughs) Um, Yeah, you you all are working (laughs) for unseated voices. I wish we could just be doing this in person. I think we'd have a lot of fun. (laughs) Just kidding. Good time, I'll tell you that. So um, I would like to know how each of you became involved in the project and, and what, what do you think is the importance of unseated voices in, in, um, in the space where it's inhabiting, in the urban space it's inhabiting? I've been following on social media and um, I know some of the people who are involved, um, Little Salmon Woman, um, Leanne Charlie, she was uh, involved in it last time and um, she was like, you need to come to this thing. And I was like, oh my gosh, I would love to. Um, then I've been connected with Cam and I've been connected with like everybody that's involved in that, um, re- like reconnecting with all of them. So I think um, through the people, that's how I, I find out about it really and how I um, have become a part of it. Um, it's exactly what we're doing here but in a, on another land, right? So it's like literally just kind of um, continuing on what we're doing. Really, that it would be awesome to do an exchange with them so that all everyone that gathers there also does a project. So I'm just thinking uh, in terms of the importance and how um, it, it just is, right? Like, I mean... <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, so it just is important. Um, the the space and even, like, if these events can happen all over Turtle Island, like, that's goals right there. Is They're important and they need to be everywhere. And exactly what it is, like, you know, our, you know, our voices are here. We're going to show 
share it through art. We're going to share it through however means necessary. Um, and I think that, um, yeah, that's it. That's all I got to say. (laughs) 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 And what do you think, Chief Ladybird? So excited to like meet everyone and reconnect with the people that we do know. Um, you know, we, well, me and Aura do everything together, so it's really exciting to be traveling and doing the things that we're doing. Um, and I mean, exactly what my sister said, how is this not important? Like, I dare someone to come up to one of the Unseated Voices artists and say, this event is not important. Like, I dare you, because you know what's going to happen, right? <laughs> it's, it's about having those voices, and it's... Um, you know, I think about the amount of work that's been done over the past few years to um, raise awareness and to insert ourselves into these spaces and to um, just be able to stand so strong. I mean, it's been like years and years of like people working towards it. But I just think about in the art world over the past few years, you know, Unseated Voices was in 2015. Um, you know, Canadian art did that all Indigenous kinship issue with Dana Danger's work on the cover, who's also uh, a part of Unseated Voices, who I'm so excited to like see what she does. And um, I just love how how the different artists involved challenge dominant narratives and how we um, flip the script on a lot of things and how we reclaim our voices on these territories. And it's, it's different for each person. I think um, some artists who are doing a little bit more... Um, like the word provocative, but in line with being of challenging and, uh, you know, a lot of the time this, this comes through discussions of genocide and having dialogue about, which is happening over the last few years is the amount of conversations that have been happening just forward in a good way without re-traumatizing. So one of the things that's really interesting to me for, um, that I, that I've read and talked to Cam about unseated voices via email is, that it's it's holding space but it's also inclusionary like it's holding space for people who come from multiple um, backgrounds and histories that have that are dealing with and working through trauma and creating a bridge and that's something that broken boxes project that I'm doing here with this interview tries to do is hold space for for a larger um, for a larger um, group of us to come together and a form alliance and allyship, and so so what do you what do you feel about that approach to um, like having indigenous people like form form allies and accomplices through this work um, of like um, like the queer community and people of color and um, uh, uh, just 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 expanding our community, what's your feelings in relationship to that? Maybe, um, Arik, if you can start with answering that one. Yeah, I think it's completely necessary. Um, we need to come together. Um, you know, we have so many similarities. We, all, we have so many differences, but we have so many similarities that when we come together and, you know, we, um, we have these spaces and we can share and we can learn learn with each other and about each other. And <clears throat> I think that that's, um, that's how, like that's, there's power in that um, and reclaiming your power and, and, you know, to have those relationships um, 
and to build those um, connections. And it's, it's about, um, yeah, it's about coming together in that unification. And I think that that's really important through the work that we're all doing. Um, and, and to have these spaces then, right. So it's like, um, yeah, it's just, it's about, um, it, to me, it's about that unification. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of these things wouldn't be possible if we didn't come together. Right. So I think the, some of the things, you know, it makes it, um, it's so important, um, future, right. That's yeah. some of it for, yeah. I like the term accomplices that accomplices in decolonization and and the um, sort of work together and see experiences to sort of strengthen um, reasons why we need to decolonize and there are so many forces in this world that are against marginalized people align narratives together to to challenge all of these these um, forces that are out there in this world and to make space for ourselves and to reclaim um, and to just help each other find that space. I mean, it, it just makes sense for us to all be sharing with one another and strengthening each other. Um, and I really like the concept of bridging cultures. Um, and, and Aura and I um, helped some, what's it, grade four and five? Six, I think it was five and six at Humewood. Um, and we did a piece about bridging culture. Um, and we spoke to the Ojibwe language teacher there who gave us the translation for that, which is, um, and Kozjigan and Nodzik. And I, it was really awesome to hear that concept in Anishinaabemowin and to, um, connect with her to, um, you know, connect with these, uh, students at that school, to, to share our perspective, but to learn their perspective as well. Um, and we, you know, connect with uh, the youth a lot in that way. And, and this concept of bridging cultures, I think, is about that full circle of learning um, and acknowledging that where we stand, we have our own unique experiences, right? And we don't know what it's like to live um, through other lenses. And it's important to um, acknowledge that and be humbled by that and to um, as much as we're, we're teaching and we're speaking to shut up and listen sometimes So, Chief Ladybird, um, what advice would you have given to yourself 10 years ago as an artist um, that you now know? 10 years ago. <laughs> I think 10 years ago I was 14. So <laughs> that's, always, um, that's always a very tender time in your life, right, to be uh, a teenager. And, you know, I was living on the reserve and I was going to school off reserve and Um, there was a lot of racism that I was facing. And and so I think my, my advice is to not lose that hope 
you know, I think I, I remember being 14 and um, being frustrated and being so angry all the time. And, you know, I still listen to metal, but like metal really helped me like get that rage out a lot. Um, and I think, you know, it's, it's good to be in touch with that anger and to understand where it comes from, to be in touch with your sadness and where that comes from. Um, and so I think, you know, overall it's, it's don't lose hope and it's don't be, don't hold any shame for the emotions that you're feeling because they're valid. Um, and I think I did carry a lot of shame for feeling so many things, but there was a lot of challenges and, um, it wasn't just racism from my peers. It was racism from the teachers who were supposed to be, um, leading me. And so I, I sort of had the condition that, you know, they're not going to be leading. So we need to, to figure out how we're going better spaces for youth and encouraging and, and to help that hope and that growth. Um, cause I remember so helpless and it's just on reserves or maybe feeling disconnected from their, their, um, their families or territories or being in urban centers. Don't lose hope. There are people here um, and just to reach out and ask for help. And I'm, I was very defiant in that. Nope, I can do it by myself. I can do this. It's fine. And then crumbling on the inside. So it's, um, there's strength and vulnerability. And that's something, um, that my sister and I talk about all the time and that we, um, find in each other is, is the strength in our vulnerabilities and the strength in sharing our vulnerabilities and as women who have different yet similar experiences. Right. Mm. Yeah. And, and Aura, what, um, what is, what is the way that you move through fear or you move through failure? Like what are, what are some techniques that you, what are some techniques that you as an artist, um, employ to move through fear or failure? Yeah, this is a good one. <laughs> um, so, um, in the, in the creative process, I carry a lot of fear like I, I, not so much anymore as that when I first started kind of getting into this world of, um, like creating and stuff. So, um, I am a perfectionist. I'm going to be honest. Like, um, so the way that, um, I create is like, um, it's getting better day by day, but the, uh, photo transfer process is what has taught me to let go of perfectionism because nothing's perfect. Um, and also the gel transfers when they would, when I would do it, it's missing. And I think that that's what really taught me that it doesn't have to be a perfect photo transfer. There can be parts missing because, you know, um, parts of my trauma, you know, my story that I'm still learning either, um, voids in my life that I don't have, or maybe, you know, I was trying, I was finding meaning in those little missing parts of the photo because, um, before I was just like, Oh my gosh, it didn't transfer fully. Like, what am I going to do? It's ruined, throw it out. Right. Um, and I think that, um, oftentimes, um, what I believe is that our, our art and our creations are an extension of ourselves. Um, so when I'm creating within those pieces that uh, with my fear and my failure and my, all my emotions that I experience on a daily basis um you know what my sister was saying like there's no shame in every single like no matter what the emotion is um it's it's human it's an experience it's um it's about um working with that it's like what is this connected to what does it mean and I, I think that's also very much connected to my artwork and what I do in that so 
I think working through um, a lot of some fears that I would have, uh, jumping in would be one of my fears um, because I'd be scared to um, do something wrong, whatever mm-hmm. that means, you know. Um, and I think um, when projects, my sister really helped me with that is like, because she literally just jumps right in and she, um, you know, um, one image comes to mind when we were working a newcomers workshop and everyone was scared to to jump in and do um put it was a white canvas and I remember feeling that fear um before in my life is like oh my gosh what am I going to do with this space and my sister from the palette and just wiped it on it and she's like all right now it's not blank we can go ahead and like like it was just kind of like that um that moment of inspiration and then people started coming up and painting so I think it's um she really helped me kind of work and be like there's no messing up and and uh you know just like just go for it and we can paint over it if you're not if you don't like it and you can work with it if something happens if it include drips you know like there's just um there's a way there's always a way to make it work and um yeah I think that the process itself teaches me to let go and work through my fears so Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. I love that because the the painting usually paints off and I think a really nice way to sum up what we both sort of said is just find meaning in something, whatever it is, just find meaning. And um, that can mean a lot of different things, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I wanted to provide you each with a platform to have a soapbox moment. Um, So if you could say one thing to the world, um, to reach out into the global community through through the audio waves, um, and this was your platform, this podcast. Um, what do you What do you need to say? What do you want to say? Um, we'll start with you, Chief Ladybird. Mm, the whole world, eh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> oh, that's a good. That's good. I don't know. It's you know. There's always. Um, well, now I'm world. What am I supposed to do? No. <laughs> <laughs> the biggest message in what we do and and what a lot of our community members are doing. Like I see so many of our um, amazing people doing so much every day and, and working themselves literally to the bone. Like just it's there's no breaks and and a lot of the stuff that we do. Um, we, we live it, right? The stuff that we're talking about is, is lived experience every day. So we can't just um, turn it off or come home and, and relax. And it's, it's really hard to um, maneuver through things that we talk about on a daily basis and the, the, um, the things that come up. And I just think that the main message really is that we're here and I'm still, you know, I get frustrated and I get upset sometimes about the fact that our indigeneity is always coming into question from so many different places. I see this, I seen this on Twitter, I think about two days ago, like this whole issue blew up with uh, Pocahontas again. It's always Pocahontas. Hmm. <laughs> well, not always. You know what I mean? It's, mm-hmm. it's a big, big conversation that just continues to happen. And it's, um, yeah, I just get frustrated with, with the questioning of our indigeneity and, and with not acknowledging, um, what we're trying to say, like, I feel like we're constantly, um, climbing, which is good. 
upward trajectory, right? But I think, yeah, on a global scale, it's like, hey, we're here and we have a lot to say and um, we're not backing down. And um, I think a lot about what, what my mom says to me. So, um, you know, back, back in the 70s and back when she was, no one would talk about anything and there was fear around that. You know, there was Indian agents, there was people not being able to do ceremony, not knowing the language. Um, she always says like we were, we were taught not to say anything and we were taught to be quiet and just try and blend in and assimilate. And she's like, but now it's 2017 and I'm watching the young people speak up and tell our truths and, um, confront the rest of the world and confront colonization head on. And she's like, it's, she, she says it's just one of the most amazing things she's ever seen and that she has so much faith in our young people. Um, yeah, mm. I just love it when my mom says that it just, it hits me like right here and it feels good, um, to hear the older generations acknowledge that and to have those conversations, um, engines a lot of the time, but this, this is where we've, we've ended up. <laughs> oh, thank you so much for sharing that. That like kind of really hit me, hit me in a good, in a good spot. <laughs> really yeah, good. <laughs> I was like don't make me cry <laughs> don't make me cry oh. <laughs> hey, it's okay if you do. <laughs> sorry I'm all, well, no, I'm not. <laughs> um, okay Aura what is your soapbox moment what do you want to say what do you want to put out into the world um, with intention oh. um, I, the, the main thing that I always that I always come down to is love. Um, I just want uh, to do everything out of love and out of um, from that good place in that heart space. And um, that's something that my dad taught me from a from a young age. Is um, you know that's the number one teaching uh, is love. And um, and I try to do that every day. You know, for myself, it's it's harder for myself, um, but uh, for others, like. I'll love you guys till the end of time. You know what I mean? Um, and doing like even walking with love and do, doing everything with intention and with love. I think that, um, if more of us, um, kind of always rooted back to love, I think that there would be so much less for lack of a better word, bullshit. You know what I mean? Um, I think, uh, the root is love and, I think that we need to remember that. Um, there's not much more I need to say than that. Mm. It's just, just remember love, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's hard. But yeah. Thank you. No, I, I align with that. Hell yeah. <laughs> Very much. Um, is there anything that either of you want to say about unseated voices that we might not have covered or got glitched out or laughed too hard or whatever like is there any is there any meat about the project or your involvement or shout outs to time or anything that you want to do for unseated voices before we wrap everyone in in uh unseated voices you all are so awesome first of all like <laughs> we can't yeah. wait to work with you <laughs> I'm, I'm so excited and um i think uh i can't wait to see what everyone's going to create and um yeah, I love you all. <laughs> mm. Yes, I echo I echo that statement for sure. Um, just 
I, I love how connected we all are through social media. And it's going to be so uplifting to be creating in spaces alongside these people that we've been watching on our iPhones for so long, right? Maybe not watching. Watching sounds like a <laughs> but viewing upon the things that have been shared publicly. <laughs> so it's going to be really fun to like be with each other and um, be in those creative moments together. Talk about the inspirations. Talk about the issues that we face that bring us to these moments of of wanting to share these things on such a large scale and publicly right and um Mm. there's also going to be a panel that's going to be moderated by Lindsay nixon um and i'm really excited for that i love to talk obviously and (laughs) i love to listen to what others have to say too and it's that that idea of shut up and listen and to that give and take and communication i'm really excited to see how that conversation develops and how it grows and informs maybe other people within the community um, and to even meet new people. I, I love meeting people and I've never been to Montreal either. So this is going to be a new and fun experience on this end. <laughs> so I'm like a tourist, <laughs> like with my thumbs up, I'm going to Montreal. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> and I'm going to dismantle patriarchy. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> That's you're the best kind of tourist ever. I mean, I grew up in Hawaii. I'm like, I wish all the tourists were you guys. I'm like, I'm going to get y'all like kicking down the door like, we're here to fuck shit up in a good way. <laughs> Got your back. Yes, I swear, it's a truth, and I owe it all to you. Cause I the time of my life, and I owe it all to you. I've been waiting for so long, now I finally found someone to stand by me.
time of my life No, I never felt this way before never felt Yes, this I swear way. It's a truth And I hope 